friends, I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I am so happy that you're here, and I believe today that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through the Word of God, and you will be strengthened to move forward in God's plan for your life. Before we jump into today's message and discuss the amazing encounter that the Lord had with the rich young ruler. First, let's honor the Lord by receiving the tithes and offerings and bringing them into the storehouse of God. Second Chronicles chapter 26 in verse three, it mentions that Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. Verse four, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Verse five, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Woo! Do you see the link? Do you see the connection? Seeking God, serving God with all of your heart, and then God brings him into a place where he is just continually prospering. And that's what God wants to do for you. As long as you uh, just serve the Lord and seek after God with all of your heart and obey the Lord, walk in the light of his word, he is going to cause you to prosper. Praise the Lord. Let's read it again. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Praise the Lord. That is the supernatural blessing of God resting upon your life. The word blessing can be described in the Hebrew as an empowerment to prosper. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see prosperity coming all over you. Keep seeking the Lord. Don't stay neutral. Stay hot. Go after the Lord with all of your heart, and God's going to take you into the place of overflow. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Mm. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I, I sense right now that some of you, you're bogged down in so much religious tradition that it is even it is even veiled the way that you think about prospering or about finances. And the Lord wants to help you in that area. He wants to get like an onion. He wants to get these layers of religious indoctrination off of your mind so that you can be free. There are some of you that are watching. You actually think the more you seek the Lord and the closer you get to God, he's going to just like reduce you to nothing. But yet the Bible shows the exact opposite. Praise the Lord. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. God can make you prosper. Praise the Lord. We're not just talking about prospering spiritually. We're talking about prospering in the material realm financially while you're here on this earth. Because trust me, when you get to heaven, it's just a level beyond comprehension where even the streets are gold. Woo, glory to God. Think about the magnitude of opulence and wealth that awaits us concerning where we are going, our heavenly home. It's going to be amazing. But God wants you to prosper right now. So obey the Lord. Your prosperity is contingent upon your obedience and your seeking after God. So don't hold back. Go after the Lord with all of your heart. Serve Him. And he's going to bless you in a magnificent way. Praise the Lord. Now let's honor the Lord. Let's obey the Lord by bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. The tithe is 10% of your gross income. According to scripture, the tithe belongs to God. And when you honor God and obey him by bringing that 10% in, the 90% is blessed 
a hedge of protection is placed around your life and the blessing of the Lord is over your life and the 10% allows the work of God to continue uninterrupted unabated so that the gospel can continue to be preached throughout the earth Woo! thank you Lord Jesus God has prosperity on his mind for you tie into his kingdom system and watch everything in your life be blessed by the Lord Praise the Lord. Those of you that would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. Again, Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. If you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so at any time, day or night. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there and bring them into the storehouse of God. We also have a couple special projects that we are working on right now. One would be the fence project to go around the, the ministry property. The other would be the ministry aircraft hangar, which we are very excited about. Both projects are moving forward as far as the funds going into them and being kept there until the uh, full amounts are needed for each one. And then the, the projects will be implemented. So thank you for your giving. Keep moving it forward. And God is blessing every part of your life. God is blessing the ministry and the gospel is being preached. And we're going to heaven with rewards. We're going to go to heaven and we're going to have an inheritance. Praise God. Let us do all that we can for the Lord while we are here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, bless your people today. Lord, they're seeking you. Lord, they're serving you. Lord, they're living for you. They're praying. They're in the scriptures. They're studying. Now, oh God, bless them. Take them into prosperity. Father, let their debts be paid down, paid down, paid down, paid off and gone. And Father, I see that there will be those that uh, it'll, it won't even be a paid down, paid down. It'll just be boom, one big blessing, and the debts are paid off overnight. The debts are gone. Even there's going to be certain debts that will be canceled and eliminated supernaturally. But Father, we thank you. There is coming a wave of your glory, and you're touching your people, and debts are being removed out of the lives of your people. Now receive, receive, hallelujah, God's going to free you up. Watch what he's going to do. God's going to free you up. You're seeking God. You're serving God. God's going to free you up to be able to travel more than you ever thought possible. God's going to free you up. You're not going to have any debt. You're going to own your own home. Your home's going to be paid off. No mortgage, no debt. Praise the Lord. Credit cards all paid off. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. And you're walking in the financial discipline of the Holy Spirit. You're walking in financial integrity, and you're going to be living in the overflow. Some of you, you're already moving into it. Others, you're bumping up to it, and your breakthrough moment is coming. You know, it is interesting because uh, this weekend is Rosh Hashanah. This is the, the beginning of the new year on the Jewish calendar. Now, I know we have a secular calendar, and many of the, the months and the certain dates that we have are based out of a old Roman system, Gregorian calendar, they, they call it. But even before that, uh, you know, you have a lot of Roman pagan influence in our, you know, calendar, calendar that we use today, even the month of August named after, you know, uh, Caesar August. And so, so many of these things from old paganism, Roman empire have been rolled into, you know, the world that we have today with the times and the seasons. But God honors he honors our traditional New Year's Eve, start of the new year on January the 1st, but also the Lord will always work off the biblical calendar that's 
based around the biblical feast. And so this is Rosh Hashanah. This is the beginning of God's calendar for the new year. And it's actually very interesting what takes place within the first 10 days of of the Jewish New Year. I would even say of God's New Year. And that's actually where we're at right now. Because on Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Jewish rabbis, the ones that would be considered to have the deeper knowledge of the Scriptures and of the Word of God, have a closer heart to the Lord, they would be the, the, not just the Jewish rabbis, but the ones considered among the rabbis as the sages. And they've always taught that Sarah, Rachel, Hannah, and Leah were all visited on Rosh Hashanah. All of those ladies were visited on Rosh Hashanah. They did not get pregnant on that day, but it was on Rosh Hashanah, the first day of the new year, that they all had these encounters in which they were told that they were going to have their child. And of course, they all had their child. And so, whether it was a prophetic word or a visitation from an angel or theophany or something like that, we see that that was a very special day for them. And actually, many things happened on Rosh Hashanah, whether it was the birthday of Noah, uh, just, just all kinds of things. On and on it goes with so many biblical saints having a connection to that day. But I think something that would be very important is that the Jewish sages always uh, have always taught for uh, many, many years, hundreds and hundreds of years, that Joseph was actually released from prison on Rosh Hashanah. And it was his release from prison on that day. He got let out of prison. He went before Pharaoh, interpreted Pharaoh's dream. The Pharaoh had the dream the night before on the eve of Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so the next day Joseph is let out of prison. He interprets the dream, and he is made ruler there on the spot after the interpretation and the application of wisdom, which just, you know, Pharaoh's like, whew, man, this guy's walking in some serious revelation and illumination. And he was because he was under the anointing. Joseph was under that anointing. Well, all of that happened on the day of Rosh Hashanah. So the Jewish sages teach that Rosh Hashanah is also a time of coronation. It's a time of crowning. It's a time of coming out of the dungeon and coming into your, your set calling and your set place. It's really a release where you're moved into the next phase, the primary phase that God has for your life. And I want you to understand that because a lot of people, they think uh, New Year, and it, and it is the Jewish New Year. It's God's biblical calendar New Year. But one of the biggest things in the mind of the Jewish sages is this is when Joseph came forward. This is actually coronation day. This is coronation time. And this is when you're launched into your destiny. Oh, I believe we're in a destiny moment. Hallelujah. Now watch what will happen over the next 10 days. There's going to be a lot going on as the Lord is working in these 10 days leading up to Yom Kippur. Now we know that with the Day of Atonement that Christ is our atonement and all of our sins have been paid. He is our high priest. And so we can look at all of this from a different angle as New Covenant, New Testament believers. Uh, all of the feasts reflecting these different attributes of Christ. And so that's why we need to study them. But this is a time of, of destiny, of stepping in the destiny right now. Over the next 10 days, things unfolding, uh, coronation time, anointing time, glory to God, release time. Say bye-bye to that prison. Maybe you've been there for quite some time like Joseph was. <laughs> 
you know, uh, just, you know, all locked up. Uh, I mean, you can't have a, you can't have much fun in the in a dungeon. You can keep a good attitude. And uh, even if you even if you're put in charge over the prisoners, well, you're still in prison, you know, so he's out. And not only is he out, but he is now the ruler over the whole land of Egypt, second in control, only behind Pharaoh himself. Get ready. I believe this is your time of release also. So as you're bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, just be mindful of that. Rosh Hashanah, a new year. I'm going free from debt. Hallelujah. Debt can't hold me anymore. I'm coming into freedom. I'm coming into financial strength. I'm coming into a new anointing, a new grace. Now look, when you need to be somewhere, God's going God's to have you in such a place of financial overflow, you can go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You'll be able to respond. Mm-mm. You won't even need to pray about it. You'll already have it. Praise the Lord. You already have the provision. You'll be able to flow with the Holy Spirit. These are amazing times that we're living in, and this is an amazing 10-day period that we're in right now. So, Heavenly Father, again, just bless your people as they're honoring you with their tithes and offerings. Let there be an open heaven over their lives. We know that in Christ we can have open heaven anytime. But Father, we, we know also that the, the feasts are special. They're marked on the calendar, and they are eternally marked. So Father, we, we study the feast and we see Christ. So Father, right now, let that be that, that, that moment. If any of your people have any kind of captivity to anything in any area, let them be brought out by the anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit, let there be coronation, let there be crowning, let there be anointing. We thank you, Father God. Next 10 days, I even see like a 14-day window going out into the 14th of the, of the next month, which would be October. Things are going to get very, very interesting. So really, really be prepared, really draw near to the Lord. Uh, give the Lord your attention, give the Lord your heart. Uh, just over the last the last 10 days, I've had some major encounters with the Lord, and I was talking it over with my wife last night, uh, a major visitation I had from the Lord. Um, I, have, I haven't shared it yet, but I'll be talking about it in, in the coming days, uh, not too far out, but just amazing what the Lord can do and what He's up to. So, my friends, you are blessed. Walk in obedience to the scriptures, God has prosperity on his mind for you beyond things you've even comprehended. You are going to be free. You're coming into a new definition of freedom, and that includes your financial freedom. Glory to God. And also watch, because the world's going to plunge deeper and deeper into debt. Mm-mm. Let me say this as a Christian. With the persecution coming against the Jews, the anti-Semitism is rising all over the world. And it's getting bad in Europe. It's rising all over the world, the persecution against the Jews. But it's also rising against the church. It's rising against the people of God. But you know what? The world is going to go further and further in the debt. And they may be giving the world, the, the world may be giving the church a hard time. But you know what? The church is going to be getting liberated. And the church is going to be getting so blessed that, uh, you know, the world can try to persecute and say nasty things and uh, do all that stuff. But the, the Lord is lifting up His people. He's lifting you up. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right, let's get ready to jump into today's message. I want to teach today on the rich young ruler. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your tithes and offerings, allowing us to continue to preach the gospel all over this very large planet. Praise God. Let's go today to Mark chapter 10. 
really one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's loaded. It's um, it's just an incredible chapter. I've taught so many times on blind blind Bartimaeus. I feel very comfortable uh, with knowing him pretty well. Uh, today we want to look at the rich young ruler. Uh, the story with him doesn't have the ending that we would prefer, but the the teaching, the nuggets that we can draw out of it, will really help to make our life. Uh, like a sunshiny day, and that's what we're going to see. Heavenly Father, as we jump into today's sermon, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just pour on the light, turn it up so bright that the Scriptures be illuminated, the eyes of our heart can see it, grab it, understand it, and live it. Father, thank you. Thank you for the hour in which we are living in of freedom, of freedom. We thank you, Father, that today is the beginning of the new year, Rosh Hashanah. We give you praise, O oh God, for visitation visitation over the next 10, over the next 14 days, visitation and impartation. This is going to be a year unlike any other. Now, Father, we give you praise. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Mm, mm. Um, I, wow, I really feel arrested by the Holy Spirit. I need to say this, that in the year 2020, there are going to be places that you're going to have to go to. And the Lord may want you to go there for no other reason but to go there and pray. And it's not like that's a small thing. If He wants you to go there and pray, it's a major thing. Well, you know, we can't think like, well, He just wants me to go there and pray. That's no big deal. No, if God says go there and pray, you need to go there and pray. It's a big deal. So I see right now for the year 2020, there are going to be many of you that you're just going to get you're going to get messages from the Lord. You're going to get the witness of the Holy Spirit that you must go and pray somewhere, or you must go and be somewhere. It might, might even be another country. It might be Israel. It might be Israel. It could, it could be an island. It could, it could be somewhere on the other side of the earth. But God says you need to go there, and you need to pray. You need to fast and pray maybe for seven days or ten days, or go there and, and eat and just pray and walk around, or whatever it might be. Get ready. I'm telling you, there's going to be some travel in the year 2020. Mm-mm. And you're going to have the provision and the freedom to go. Woo, glory to God. And you're on God's, you're on God's kingdom business. Praise God. Mark chapter 10. Let's jump into this wonderful story here. Verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Well, this is a pretty big announcement. Uh, you would think if a person's going to do this, this young man who's doing this, then he would really be a person that doesn't just start big, but also finishes big. And I think this is, this is really a, a good entrance, but it's not so much how you come in, it's how you go out. And I have, have an old pastor friend that, uh, you, you know, he told me at a time that he hosted a well-known minister to come to his church. And this minister was, uh, you know, he's coming as a, as a guest speaker, but this guy really liked to kind of like ham it up with all the, uh, the uh, you know, the liturgy, all the bells and whistles, all of the, you know, pomp and splendor and stuff like that. So when this guest speaker came into the pastor's church, uh, he wanted it all hammed up. You know, he wanted, you know, deacons walking in front of him and elders walking behind him and the red carpet rolled out and he, you know, he had all the robe, he had the robe on and I, you know, all the whole, the whole enchilada. He just wanted all the trimmings and, you know, the bells and whistles. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that, 
But um, I just think a lot of times that's, you know, it's just tradition, religious stuff that really doesn't affect the moving of the Holy Spirit. If anything, it might, it might hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. Well, anyhow, he came in there with all the pomp and splendor. And, you know, he's a guest speaker, so he's not there, you know, maybe only once every two years he would came, come in. But he came in, like, so big and high. Now, he didn't ride a white horse into the church, but it was almost like on that level to where the people were just like, you know, after all of this great introduction, they just thought, you know, he's going to like, he's going to be like Jesus. Well, my pastor friend told me the sermon was a total flop. <laughs> you know, this guy with this great pomp and splendor, and then he just totally bombs on the sermon. And uh, yeah, I don't know what really happened, but the whole service was really just a dud. You know, what's, what started off so great, uh, and, you know, with his head up so high as he walked in, well, my pastor friend told me he walked out with his head down low. You know, uh, and it wasn't good, and everybody knew that he just kind of bombed out. But my friends, it's not really how you start, although that can be nice. That's important. Make a good impression. But it's really how you conclude. It's how you finish. It's what you do with the revelation that you receive. Praise the Lord. Many, Jesus really wraps all this up saying, many that are first, they're going to be last. Many that are last are going to be first. So you have to, you have to remember that. You have to remember that. Praise the Lord. Wow. Wow, the Lord really, He can really do some things in that area. Don't think that you're behind. Don't think God has forgotten you. Don't think that God has overlooked you. The race is not over with yet. And I believe that when it's all said and done, you're going to be crossing the finish line, knowing that there'll be a lot that don't even cross the finish line. I'm not saying they don't get to heaven. I'm just saying they're never going to do what God told them to do. They're never going to get accomplished what God told them to do. But I believe you will. I believe you will, and you're going to be so happy that you did. So maybe others started out, and everybody said, surely they'll do it. And maybe they looked at you like, oh, you're worthless. But watch. Just watch what God will do with you, because you rely on Him and trust, and trust Him, and you just will not give up. You just stay before the Lord. Watch what He'll do with your life. Praise God. All right. Well, He has the big entrance. He runs in, kneels before Him, and and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? You know, it's a good question. Uh, you know, uh, what do I need to do to get saved? I want to get my life right with God. I mean, what's, what do I need to do? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. Last Wednesday, I talked about, just briefly, I talked about, be very careful when you read Scripture. And don't teach something if you don't, if you haven't studied it, and you haven't studied the context, and you you really haven't reviewed it thoroughly. Are you going to run off and really misquote some scripture? Uh, this is a verse that many Muslim leaders have taken out of context and used to basically say, "See there, Jesus is not God. See there, he just admitted it that that he's not God, that he's not good." And the Jehovah's Witness, they also love to take this verse, and also, just like the Muslim leaders, take it out of context, and, and you know, because the Jehovah's Witness believe that Jesus is not God. They've actually taught, and I don't really follow their teaching, I've seen enough to know that it's, a, that it's cultic, and I don't want anything to do with it, it's false teaching, but just overview, they, they believe that Jesus and Lucifer were brothers, Okay, that, that's enough just to say, hey, <laughs> uh, you know, bad stuff going on there. But this is a verse, they take it and they twist it. But if you, if you stop and examine it and study it, you realize this is not a verse that uh, is taking away 
the deity of Jesus. This is actually a verse that endorses the deity of Jesus. Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. What's going on here is that this young man doesn't know who he's talking to. He's, he's a little bit like Nicodemus. Uh, now, Jesus, we know that you're a teacher sent by God. Well, now, hold on a moment. Hold on just a minute. He's a lot more than a teacher sent by God. He is God. So we're having a little bit of the same thing going on here, where this young man has heard the reports. There's a great teacher. Oh, he's even a prophet. He's a great prophet. He's a, he's a very wise rabbi. He's a, he's a sage rabbi, kind of like a, a guru. He's sharp. Oh, he is. Okay, I want to go talk to him. Okay, so he doesn't understand who he's talking to just yet. So he thinks he's talking to a, a rabbi, a very wise man. He doesn't understand that he's talking to God. So that's why Jesus said, why do you call me good as if I'm a man? No one is good but one that is God. So, you know, he's basically saying, you're trying to put me on the level of a man. That's not really who I am. But he understands also the young guy doesn't get it. <laughs> and so uh, uh, this guy is looking at the word good as being man's standard of good. And uh, the, Jesus is trying to say, like, no, no, I, I have a different standard. It's the God's standard. Uh, you don't get that, but that's okay. Let's just skip past that for now, and let's jump into what you're after here, okay? But that really is, if you really look at that verse, it does not take away the deity of Christ. It actually establishes the deity of Christ. Verse 19, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Well, Remember that when the Lord often makes these statements, He's speaking to Jewish people. Always look at context. Look at who's being spoken to, who's doing the speaking. The Lord is speaking to a Jewish rich young ruler. So, under the law, which this young man is, under the Mosaic law, the Lord basically speaks to him under those terms and conditions. Now, when you get over into what we now know as the New Covenant and the the teachings of Paul and Peter and John, the epistles, you see different application of things. Because Moses was the one that God used to bring the law. And the law was uh, very severe. You had, to, you had to live by it. It was very unforgiving. If you messed up, you had consequences. Whew! You, you know, you, and you had to pay the consequences. But, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd rather go with the grace and truth any day. But nevertheless, he's dealing with this young man from the perspective of being under the law. Uh, just as a little understanding, something that will help you, here Jesus dealing with him as a man under the law begins to kind of just, you know, kind of give some of the bulletproof points of the law. But it works different for those that are in the church today. What, how does it work? What's the difference, Pastor Stephen? Well, uh, if you're ever feeling the pressure of legalism, rules, and traditions, and got to do this, and got to do that. Uh, and there is a, a part of obedience that is required with the Lord, but also understand that this is not bondage. This is, this is not supposed to be like a burden. It's supposed to be a joy, and it is when you walk in the Spirit. So always remember Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. For all the law, all of it, not, not just the Ten Commandments, but the 600 other rules and regulations contained in the law. I can't remember how many. 
613 or something like that. It's the same amount of seeds that are in a pomegranate. I've never counted all the seeds in a pomegranate. Uh, they say there's 613 or however many seeds there are that corresponds to how many laws there are. If you, tabula if you tabulate them all up on the Mosaic Code. But it says here, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Now the word word is referring to a statement or a phrase. All the law is fulfilled in one word or one statement, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love your neighbor the way you love yourself, uh, you won't steal from your neighbor when he's gone. You know, he's gone on a vacation. His house is, is uh, unguarded. Well, you're not going to steal from him because you wouldn't want him to steal from you. <laughs> so you just always walk in the law of, not the Mosaic law, the law of love. If you walk in the law of love, not human love, God love, God's divine love, agape love. If you walk in that law of love, you will actually fulfill all of the law. All of it. Woo! Even the little things you may not even know about. Just walk in love, the love of God, and you will fulfill every single commandment of the law. But remember, the, the rich young ruler, he's, you know, this is years before that was ever written. And so he's not aware of the new covenant just yet. So Jesus is dealing with him as a man under the Mosaic law. Okay. Again, he says, you know, the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not fraud, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Verse 20. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. So he's doing good. And remember with the Lord, the Lord's also beginning to even unveil what he's going to do. And it was very hard for the apostles to grasp it, this redemptive work that he was going to do, a new covenant, a better covenant that he was going to bring in. But I tell you what, Jesus could take it to a different level because it's, uh, you have a lot of people under the old covenant that kept the law from the perspective of they didn't do some of, they didn't do those things, but you know, and maybe in their mind they did. You know, maybe in their mind they're th they're thinking, well, I didn't do it, but whoo, if I could have if I could have done it, and not got caught, I sure would have. You know, stuff like that. Okay, so the Lord's also dealing with, you know, our thought life, our motives, and things along that line. So it goes a lot deeper. Now, verse twenty, and he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept for my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and you know that, that's very that's very special. The Lord does see sincerity. The Lord does see. A young man that's endeavoring to obey God and live for God because you know I'm sure there's a lot who aren't so at least he's trying to, to serve the Lord and obey the commandments of God Woo! praise the Lord and Jesus really uh, you know feels that love for him he loved him and said to him one thing you lack one thing you lack now let's let's talk for a moment here about the Holy Spirit you'll have a lot of preachers who will preach the sermon about the rich young ruler, and they do a beautiful job. But because many of them preach it from the aspect of not really understanding the ministry of the Holy Spirit, they miss something very important here. Jesus, He is God and man at the same time. But in order to redeem lost mankind back to the Father, back to God, He has to do it as a man. He can't he can't legally operate in God power. So what he has to do is he has to win lost mankind back to God as a man. And so as a minister, 
he has to operate as a man. So as a man, he is reliant and dependent upon the Holy Spirit to help him, to lead him, and guide him when he's ministering to people. And we need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit also. So what Jesus is doing right now is he's operating in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is revealing to Jesus what is known in Scripture as the Word of Wisdom. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are all mentioned in the book of 1 Corinthians. You'll find them in chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the nine gifts of the Spirit are mentioned there. And the gift that's mentioned first, because out of the nine gifts, it's the best one. The gift that's mentioned first is called the Word of Wisdom, and that's what's operating in Jesus right now by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Word of Knowledge is supernatural knowledge about past or current present events in a person's life. But the Word of Wisdom is different. The Word of Wisdom is something that speaks to your future, and it's something that you have to do, that you need to do, and if you do it, you'll step into a great blessing from the Lord. So it is a Word of Wisdom. Now watch this. Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, one thing you lack. How did he know that? He knew that because of the Holy Spirit revealing it to him. One thing you lack. Go your way, Sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, this is fascinating because the Holy Spirit revealed to Jesus this one hang up that this young man had, and Jesus ministers that word of wisdom to that young man. Now, you cannot take somebody else's word of wisdom and grab it and say, I'm going to do the same thing. Just like the prophet Elisha ministered the word of wisdom to Naaman, the Syrian army commander, and said, go dip, go bathe in the Jordan River seven times, and your skin's going to be restored as whole. And so this man had severe leprosy, but he takes that word of wisdom, and he goes and bathes in that Jordan River, which is, it has so many minerals floating through it, it looks like chocolate milk. And, you know, he's healed. But you can't, you know, another leper can't hear that same word and take that word and go do it because it's not going to work for them. If it did, you'd have a lot of people with leprosy bathing in the Jordan River all the time. Obviously, uh, they're not doing that because it doesn't work. You cannot take somebody else's word of wisdom and apply that to your life. In other words, this is the word of wisdom for the rich young ruler. Doesn't mean that that's God's word for you. Praise the Lord. And, Remember, he's got a problem. He's got a problem. That doesn't mean you have that problem, okay? So that's why that word of wisdom was given to him so that he could be delivered and set free and have a special open door of destiny revealed to him. Wow. Isn't it amazing? Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Stunning statement. <laughs> Stunning statement, because you've got, you've got some guys in that group that are familiar with money. Peter and his brother, and the other two uh, apostles also associated with them were in a fishing syndicate, and they had boats, they worked together, they helped each other, they shared in the spoils. You've got a tax collector in there in the group. You've got guys that are familiar with money, 
And uh, they're they're just thinking, wow, you know, I mean, like, what are we supposed to do? Because, you know, we're familiar with money. We're all supposed to, like, be poor and give it all away or something like that. But let's follow it through. Disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them. Now, he's going to basically expound upon this further. And he says, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so there you have it. That was the rich young ruler's problem. He trusted in his riches. Now, if he had riches and trusted in God, he could have responded and he could have joined up, could have joined the caravan, uh, you know, probably wouldn't have even needed to unload all the stuff. But as it was, it was a burden. It was something that he could not shake free. He could not get loose from. So the Lord is trying to get this man delivered. Woo! Why? Because he was obviously trusting in his riches. Praise God. This is not an effort on behalf of the Holy Spirit to bankrupt a person. No. He said, give it all away. You know, sell it. Give it all away to the poor. And then Jesus said, he said, come follow me. Come follow me. Well, He doesn't do it. The young man leaves. He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, Jesus again said, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Okay, so every every kingdom, there's different kingdoms on the earth. We know that there's the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. But let's talk about the different ruling authorities, different nations, different presidents, prime ministers, rulers of nations, and so forth. You go to different countries of the world, and there's different kingdoms, and there's different king over the kingdom. Maybe they call the king a prime minister. Maybe they call him, he or her, a president, whatever it might be. But the fact is, is that that kingdom has its own king. And the king establishes, along with his cabinet and his rulers underneath him, they establish rules and regulations that are befitting their kingdom. And they do what they want because they're the rulers, and the king is the one in control. He's in charge. So if you want to function and live in that kingdom, then you're going to have to line up with the rules that the king has established for his kingdom. So here's what the Lord is saying. Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Well, in his kingdom is simply his way of doing things. And if you want to enter into God's kingdom, his way of doing things, you're going to have to trust in him. And you cannot allow anything to, uh, uh, you know, crowd out your heart and take over the throne of your heart and where you, you're now trusted in something else besides God. God will not have it. He will not tolerate it. Not if you're going to follow him. Not if he's going to be truly the king over your life and you and he are working together. He's got to be complete king. Yes, he does. Praise the Lord. This is interesting. And so if there's a trust in riches, then this will hold you back from being able to enter into God's way of doing things. Stop and think about this just for a moment. There's over 400 billionaires that are on planet Earth right now. Not millionaires, billionaires with a B, B as in bacon, okay? There's over 400 billionaires right now. But out of the billionaires that maybe you've heard about on the news or read about in magazines, or maybe maybe you might even know some, out of all the billionaires on planet Earth today, how many do you know that are born again 
blood-washed believers who are not ashamed of their identity as a, as a Christian. How many do you know that are Christians and that would actually go to church on Sunday morning and lift up their hands and shout, Hallelujah, praise God. How many billionaires do you know that do that? I, I don't know of a single one. I don't know of any. I don't know of any. How many billionaires do you know that would be Christians that are born again, spirit-filled, and talk in tongues? I don't know any. See, for a lot of people, when they get into certain amounts of wealth, their whole identity, their whole trust becomes their resources, not God, and especially if they don't know the Lord. Absolutely, that is going to be their, their, their trust. That is going to be what they, uh, they grab a hold on to as their rock. Oh, praise the Lord. This is why God wants your eyes on Him. God doesn't mind if you have wealth. God doesn't mind if you have riches as long as you're not covetous, and as long as you do not make wealth or riches your trust. But this, young, this rich young ruler did, and he was not willing to give it up. Mm, and so he missed an amazing opportunity. By the way, if you do not respond to a supernatural word of wisdom spoken over your life by a prophet or by another believer who would be under the anointing of the Spirit, and they share a word of wisdom with you. If you do not obey that word of wisdom, two things happen. Number one, you cannot step into the promise that's on the other side of the obedience to that word. You can't step into it. Number two, what happens is that the door closes. Every word of wisdom has an expiration date on it. And it could be minutes, it could be hours, but if you don't move on it immediately, that door already begins to close. You need to move on it immediately. And if that word of wisdom is to go dip and bathe in the Jordan River seven times, you better go get a bar of soap and get a towel and get going, because that thing is time dated. Woo! And you can't, you can't like, you can't say, I'm not going to do that, that's crazy. And you just close the whole thing out, and then three months later, you're sitting on your couch drinking tea, and you're thinking, you know what? I think I'll just go do that. No, no, it's too late. The anointing's left. The anointing has left. That door has closed. And so he has an opportunity right now to follow the Lord. The Lord told him, one thing you like, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. Follow me. He didn't, he didn't tell everybody he met to follow him. He, that was not just like a, you know, like a, a calling card. Here's my card. And you know, when, whenever you decide to obey, just come follow me. No, he didn't tell everybody to follow him, except the, the apostles and the other 70 that he also had, uh, you know, running errands and also preaching and setting up meetings before he got to certain towns and cities. But outside of that, he wasn't telling just the mass public to come follow me. Mm-mm. Very, very interesting. So this guy had an amazing open door of destiny that he did not go through. That he did not go through. But I see you going through your open door. I see you that when the word of the Lord comes, the word of wisdom is, is released. I see you responding quickly. Responding quickly. Praise the Lord. And you will receive the blessing. Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter into God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. Think about that just for a moment. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. 
Stop and ask yourself a, a question. Ask yourself a question. Am I a believer? Well, yes, of course you are. You're a child of God. You're a believer. Okay. These signs will follow those who believe. That means these signs will follow you. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, will by, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When's the last time you saw a billionaire laying hands on the sick? I've never seen it in my life. When's the last time you have ever seen a billionaire casting demons out of somebody? I've never seen it ever, ever, ever. So there's something about money with people that don't walk close to the Lord, that money becomes their trust. And now they're not going to do anything that could mess that up. You know, they, they're very conscious about how they appear before, you know, all the others that just are all playing the game also. You know, and so they're not going to obey the Lord. What, what does that mean? What's the Lord trying to say? They can't get into God's way of doing things. By the way, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 is God's way of doing things. Casting out demons, speaking with new tongues, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Yes, that's God's way of doing things. Woo, praise the Lord. And if your money is holding you back from doing that, you need, you need to really go before the Lord and, and get free. Praise the Lord. And one of the best ways to get free is to start giving. Break that stingy, miserly spirit and break that trust in that money. Just start giving. Just start giving until you break it. And if you have to give it all away, if that's what it takes, do it. Do whatever it takes. Hear me today. Do whatever it takes to get into God's way of doing things. Whatever it takes to get into the flow of the Spirit, whatever it takes to get into the kingdom of God, whatever it takes to get into the kingdom where that king is pleased with your behavior of how you're following his rules and his protocol, do whatever it takes to merge into that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's those that are watching today. You, have, you don't have a, a problem with trusting in money. Maybe, maybe you don't have that much, so it's not an issue. <laughs> but there could be other things. There could be other things that are holding you back, and the Holy Spirit is the one that takes the flashlight, the searchlight, and reveals those areas of your heart, particularly over these 10 days of awe, the days leading up to the Day of Atonement. Okay? Uh, that's the job of the Holy Spirit, to unveil these things, to remove these blockages, so that you can run with God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Be ready. Be ready to be free. Be ready to be free. Not only do I not see billionaires praising the Lord, um, you'll see very few millionaires that will do that. You'll see very few millionaires that'll just cut loose, lift their hands, and begin to speak in tongues. Glory to God. Woo! Now look, the Lord blesses you with money. Don't you ever lose the anointing? Don't you ever lose biblical scriptural practice because now you're trying to be appeasing to all your worldly, heathenistic friends who might think that you're weird if you, they ever hear you speak in tongues. And they might think you're weird if they see you lay hands on the sick. Well, I think I'll have to back off that now. Well, maybe God will back off on your money, take it all away. <laughs> Woohoo! Glory to God. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My friends, get this, get, get this right with the Lord. Get this right with the Lord while you're on planet Earth, while you're here. I'm, I'm not envious of Bill Gates. I have no envy of him at all. I'm not, in, I'm not envious of Warren Buffett. I'm not envious of any of these men that are multi-billionaires. I'm not jealous. I'm not envious at all. L look, the moment you go to heaven, the moment you're there, your feet will stand on streets that are not just paved on the top. They are made of solid 
gold. You're going into a realm of splendor and wealth and opulence that is beyond any level of comprehension, beyond any level of anything that you could even envision or think that is here on the earth. Praise the Lord. That's where you're going. So, you know what? When I see these other people out there in the world with money, and I think they got all this money, but they don't have the Lord. I'm not envious of them. I'm praying for them that they come to know the Lord and that they would be saved and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. I don't care what they do with their money. I have no, I have no jealousy or envy of their money. It's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. But I, but my, my friends, I'm just trying to say, you need to know the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to know the Lord. Life is very short. Life is very short and it goes very fast. And the older you get, the faster it goes and it speeds up. And you'll begin to realize one thing, your life on this earth is, was granted by the Lord as a probationary period, a very short period of how are you going to live for him? Will you serve him? Will you live for him? Mm. Even Moses in the midst of Egypt, which was the wealthiest nation on the face of that, of the earth at that time with all the decadence and wealth and the gold and the splendor. And you can only imagine the parties and the paganism and the hedonism going on. Even Moses just walked away. He just totally walked away from it. Just absolutely totally walked away from it and said, I want to serve God. I want to serve the Lord. Mm, Don't let that stuff tangle you up. Woo. Hallelujah. Have the right balance. Have the right balance, because if you don't, somebody will buy you out. You'll take a bribe. And it says in Scripture, if you ever take a bribe, your eyes, you're talking, talking about your spiritual eyes to discern justice, it's, it's blinded. It's blinded. And that's why you see so many politicians that just cave in, and they have no standards. Why? They've taken bribes behind the scenes, and now they lose their ability to hold strongly on vital issues. It's like they're so wishy-washy and they're just, you know, why? They've been bought out. But you're not for sale. God's people is not, are not for sale. The church is not for sale. Praise the Lord. The rich young ruler lost out major one-on-one encounter with God, not just a good teacher, with God. And God Reaching out to him in love, the Holy Spirit manifesting through Jesus the word of wisdom, try to reach him, try to grab his heart. And then, and then for the Lord to say, Now come follow me, come follow me. And he, he just, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't obey, he doesn't obey. Praise the Lord. I've actually, I've actually read some passages in some old manuscripts of church history going back, going back, that he actually later got it together. But hey, you know, later it's, it's too late. It's not, not too late to get saved. <laughs> it's too late to get on that ship. The ship already left the harbor talking about position and, you know, being in there and when it really counts, praise the Lord. But my friends, when the door of destiny opens for you, you will go through, you will respond. You will respond regardless of what it might be. You will respond. Well, let's go a little bit further. Let's go a little bit further. We're still in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 10. Let me jump back over here. Now, verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So it's very difficult to get a rich person into God's way of doing things. Hey, when there's revival, and I've been in moves of God, and the Spirit's moving, 
and you're having fun and you're you're loose in the spirit. When I'm talking about loose, I'm talking about you're. It, it's like you're drunk. It's 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 the Holy Spirit wine. Uh, it's uh, the joy of the Lord, letting go, laughing, uh, whatever would come with it. The boldness of the Lord. It's very hard for wealthy people to let go and get into that flow. I've seen them struggle to get into it, and I've seen them sometimes just leave the meeting. They ju- they just can't handle it. They ju- or they sit there watch, and just they just won't let go. See, it's very hard for them to get into the kingdom of God. It's very hard for them to get into God's way of doing things. Why? It's hard if they're trusting in their money. Mm. Mm. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with wealth. God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to be blessed. But don't ever trust in it. It will hold you back. It will tie you down. You'll be like the eagle that can't get up. He's tied down by a leather strap. You won't be able to fly. You need to be free. To the point that if God said, give it all away, you would do it. Don't be surprised if you ever get tested with that. I'm not saying it would happen. I'm not saying that it would happen. But I've done that before, where me and my wife, under the instruction of the Holy Spirit, have drained every account, including, including all savings accounts. Some people said they gave it all away <laughs> while they got other properties. They gave it, they said they gave it all away. Well, maybe in one account, and they, they're not really publicly saying that they had 18 other accounts that they didn't touch. But we have, we know what it's like. We have actually before given everything away. And there's no, there's no backup except for God. But yet, here we all to, are today, just moving right along, just fine. <laughs> you know, traveling the world, preaching the gospel, having a wonderful time in the Lord. Blessed. Blessed. Praise the Lord. But my friends, always keep Jesus on the throne of your heart. Not something else. Not something else. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who's, who's trusting in his own, his own money to enter into God's way of doing things. Now, theologians used to say that the eye of the needle, a camel going through the eye of the needle, was just like a, um, like a metaphor. It's like a symbolic statement saying, you know, it's just really, it's just really, you know, he's trying to give an example of something that would be very difficult or impossible. But they have found out, I heard it was rumored, but it has now been proven, uh, been proven to be true, uh, that it is that it is now a, an archaeological historical fact that there was a little bitty gate outside of the walls of Jerusalem that was known as the Eye of the Needle, and when businessmen or travelers would arrive at nighttime and not want to sleep on the outside of the city gate because it's dangerous with thieves, robbers, or who knows what could be out there. They, but if they wanted to come into the city, well, they would not open the main gate because it's at nighttime. And if, if this is like a, you know, like a fake front that's being presented, we can't open the gate lest a whole bunch of bad guys rush in and, you know, now they've taken over the city. So they had this little bitty tiny gate uh, in order to keep it safe, keep the big gate locked, we'll open the little bitty tiny gate. It was actually called the Eye of the Needle. And it was only big enough for one person to get through, and sometimes you have to crawl through it. But in other words, you can't bring all that stuff in. You you have to unload it. You, you can't come in here with all those bags and you know let, let the camel stay out. You just hitch him up somewhere outside on the outside of the gate. But uh, unpack all that stuff. But if you want to come in, roll your mat out and sleep, that's okay. But that's actually what that is referring to. There really was a little bitty gate called the eye of the needle. And so, what is that referring to? You got to unload all your stuff, all your stuff. Praise the Lord, where your foot loose, 
and you're fancy free. You're able to move with the Spirit. Mm -mm. God's going to get you freed up in new ways. Now, verse 26, And they, the apostles, were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible, and this is made possible by the working of the Holy Spirit. It's made possible by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. I love Peter. He's not one to mince words. He was always very blunt and direct. And he's basically saying, hey, Lord, uh, just to remind you, uh, Lord, uh, uh, that guy didn't obey you. Uh, just letting you know, we did. We're here. And by the way, we gave it all up, Lord. Uh, remember, we walked away from the fishing boats and, uh, you know, uh, the nets, everything. Uh, Lord, you do remember that. That's why we're here. So, I believe I'm speaking to those of you who are like Peter that said, hey, uh, Lord, by the way, yeah, Lord, you are king of my heart. We are in this all the way, regardless of what you would say or do. We're here. We're here. See, there's a, there's a ministry. He's a good man of God. He has a very large house. He was talking one time, uh, and he said, um, he said, you know, I have a really large house, and people criticize me. But he said, the Lord blessed me with the house, so let the critics criticize. I'm going to receive the house and enjoy it. But he said, some people were in my house one day, and they said, they said, brother, they said, did you get brand new carpet throughout your whole house? He said, well, why do you say that? He said, because we, we go to these various rooms. You have a very large house. You, we go to your various rooms in your house, and all your carpet looks brand new. He goes, oh, no. He said, it's not new. It's just it's hardly ever walked on. He said, I'm gone all the time preaching. And he does. He's all over the world just preaching. He's, you know, probably preaching uh, maybe 250 days, maybe maybe 300 out of the 365 in a year, just gone all the time. He said, that's why it looks brand new, because I'm hardly ever here to walk on it. See, what, what is that? That is a person that has great wealth, but the Lord's on the throne of his heart. And he's willing to bear his cross, which is what? Constant travel. And trust me, I know a lot of Christians uh, they would never do that. Uh, there is a part of travel initially that's fun, but there's also a part of travel when you're traveling all the time. It is very difficult. And th there were years strung together, years where my wife and I, we traveled three weeks out of every four of every month. We were gone three weeks out of every every month. And there were stretches where we, sometimes we were gone three or four months and never came home for three or four months. And uh, that's not easy. That's not easy. You know, we just close everything up, lock everything up, and we're gone. There's some people that they're Christians. They wouldn't do that for anything. They're uh, they're just like, well, Pastor Stephen, I'm a homebody. God understands I'm a homebody, and I just I couldn't do that. Well, if if God told you to, or God asked you to, there would be grace, and He would expect you to do it. So that's all we're talking about today is that yieldedness, that willingness to serve God in any capacity that he would call that he would call you to do. And Peter says, Lord, we, we've done that. Now, verse 29. Let's talk about verse 29, because this is for you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters. I mean, the Lord's acknowledging, yes, that, that's a sacrifice. That is not easy. That, that is a, a big that's a big price to pay. I know some people that are Christians that they live on a certain street in a certain town, and their father lives in the same town that right down on the same road 
and their brothers live about a half a mile away on that road, and their sisters live about three quarters of a mile that way, and their whole family is there. And they wouldn't leave that family for a hundred million dollars. If somebody said, hey, here's a hundred million dollars, move to the other side of the country, they wouldn't do it. They are so bound and so tied and so attached to those connections. Their soul is so interlocked with that. They wouldn't leave if a, if a whole legion of angels showed up and said, hey, uh, uh, we'll, we'll move all your furniture for you and you can ride on our backs. We'll carry you with angel wings to your new, they, they, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And so I believe that in this, this hour in which we're living, I believe that we overcome by our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb, and we love not our own lives even unto death. Mm-mm. Just things to consider as we are living in unprecedented times. Verse 29, Surely I said to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother. That's not easy. But they did it. The, the, the apostles did it. Or wife or children or lands. For my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Now in this time. I'm sure that with the, with the travels that the Lord had to take, constantly going all, all throughout Israel, the land of Israel during His time. And by, by the way, please don't call the land of Israel, please don't call it Palestine. No bigger myth, no bigger lie has ever been put over uh, on the minds of Christians than to identify the land of Israel as the land of Palestine. If you read your Bible, God calls it the land of Israel. Please call it what God calls it. Don't call it what the liberal news media calls it by calling it Palestine. That, that's just an absolute total myth. Uh, and also, if you're, if you're around Orthodox Jews, <laughs> please don't say the land Palestine. <laughs> Glory to God. Because it is the land of Israel. God calls it the land of Israel, and it belongs to the Jewish people. Praise the Lord. Now, let's jump back to our story. I'm sure there were times that the apostles, they had to leave their wives behind to say, you know what, we're, we're traveling now with the Lord on this next journey. We'll probably take, you know, three weeks or a month, and then we'll be back. And so that's not easy. That's not easy. I'm sure they had the downtime. They had the rest time. They had the family time that they needed. But there's also times there uh, it wouldn't be safe to bring the wife or the children. Uh, there have been a few places I've gone. It wouldn't even be. It certainly wouldn't be safe to have brought my children. And it wasn't even safe to bring my wife. There's a, a few dangerous missions I've done before where my dear wife would have to stay home. But for the most part, I have been able to bring her along with me. I do believe if you're going to go, you at least need to go two by two. Praise the Lord. If you're single, have another brother go with you. Ladies, if you're single, have another sister go with you. Praise God. But uh, there's also a, a part where you just have to leave. You have to leave your culture. You leave your food. You leave the things you like, and you go places. And maybe you sleep in beds that are not as comfortable as your bed. Maybe you eat food that's not the, what you would prefer. And uh, all of this is sacrificed. The Lord sees all of that. Now, you get ready. I'm telling you, 2020 is a year of, of travel, of divine assignments, where God's going to send you places, maybe for 14 days, maybe for 10 days, and you're going to have prayer journeys, you're going to have prayer assignments. Uh, get ready, because you need to be introduced. This is apostolic anointing. What is an apostle? The word apostle in the Greek literally means sent one, one who is sent by God. And uh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna experience apostolic grace, apostolic anointing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me say this also, the Lord will cover the airfare. You'll have to spend some money to go, but the Lord will cover it. He'll cover the airfare, the hotel. Watch, watch Him cover it. 
Praise be unto Jesus today. Lord, we give you praise. Let's continue this verse. Verse 30, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Not, not just when you get to heaven. Now in this time, your lifetime on the earth, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come. There's the big one. Boom. Eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Okay, so Jesus kind of wraps up that segment of his teaching. But the 100 fold return, Jesus has taught before on 30, 60, 100 fold. You could say it like this good, better, best. A good return, a better return, best return. What is, the, what is the 100 fold? Is it 100 houses? Did Peter get 100 houses? Was Jesus saying, Peter, you've left it all. I'm going to make sure you have 100 fold on houses. You're going to have 100 houses. You're going to become a property tycoon. <laughs> That's not what the Lord is saying. Peter doesn't have time to manage 100 houses. He, he's, he's a highly anointed apostle. And, uh, you know, he's going to be preaching, teaching, praying, studying the Word. He doesn't have time to do all that other stuff. So, what the Lord is saying is that you're going to get my very best for your life in these different areas. 100-fold return. Mmm. Whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. 100-fold return. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's very best for your life. If you're willing to give it up, you get God's best. If you're not, you will never get the hundredfold return. That's His very best. That's the gold standard. You only come into that through obedience. You come into that through sacrifice. You come into that through obeying the word of wisdom. You come, you come through that through obeying the master's directives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You come into that when you're willing to Step into His way of doing things, not your way. His way of doing things. God's only interested in His way of doing things. He won't work with you based on your way. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to help some of you. There are some people, they'll, they want God to bless their plans. But if it's not God's plan, He's not obligated to bless it. And if He did bless it, it would be wrong because now He's honoring your disobedience. And that would be a violation of His Word, so He can't do that. He only blesses what is His plan. Praise the Lord. Come into that plan. Come, come into that flow of the Holy Spirit. Come into that flow of the Holy Spirit. God has some major changes for some of you. You have been so suppressed by the enemy, and you've been so bogged down in religious tradition that when this stuff begins to come off of you, you're going to have such revelation hit you, and such joy hit you, and such, such, such a work of the Spirit that what is going to happen is you're going to be fast-tracked, expedited into the plan that God has for you because you lost so much time that God's going to move very quickly in your life, and that could even be a physical move to a different place. Because He's going to be he's so good, He will even make up for lost time by, by expediting you very, very quickly to where you're supposed to be. Mm. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Let's lift up our hands. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would work by your Spirit, that we not have any type of unfulfilled destiny like the rich young ruler who was not willing to let go of his life. So he never received the life that you had for him. Lord, there's no telling the legacy he could have left if he would have been obedient, but he lost it all. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, that you're removing all fear right now. 
that when you unveil your plan that it does require faith but it's not like a blind leap as some people would envision it to be but it is a well revealed plan that is rock solid and it's supported by your word and by the leading the unveiling of your Holy Spirit so father we give you praise we give you praise glory to God glory to the Lord the Lord is working right now the Lord is working but many who are first will be last in the last first God wants you to finish on top God wants you to come out on top praise God God wants you to be into his way of doing things follow the Holy Spirit follow the leading of the Holy Spirit he's going to take you into that place of freedom and joy and the deepest levels of happiness that you could ever experience while you're here on planet earth he's going to take you into the 100 fold return follow the leading of the Holy Spirit God knows what he's doing praise God praise God father we give you praise just lift your hands to the Lord father we give you praise glory to God glory to the Lord I see the 100 fold return over your life thank you Lord Jesus go with the Holy Spirit go with the anointing praise God freedom and joy glory to God God's going to bless you beyond your wildest imaginations praise the Lord praise the Lord father we thank you in the name of Jesus amen praise the Lord hallelujah the door is open the door is open over these next two weeks really press into the Lord we're in a new year on the Jewish calendar which is God's calendar we're in a new year really seek the Lord this is going to be an amazing year hallelujah a lot of freedom a lot of liberty to do the things that he wants you to do thank you Lord Jesus let's take communion together today if you have been watching this teaching today and you do not yet know Christ as your Lord and Savior today is the day of salvation you know the rich young ruler walked away from the master and did not respond to the master except in the negative but today you can receive eternal life you can receive forgiveness of sins you can step into the plan that God has for your life which is far better than any plan that you could ever make praise God if you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior right now pray this prayer after me say Lord Jesus I give you my life Lord I don't know what I'm doing with, with my life I give you my life I want your plan now Jesus wash all of my sins away write my name in your book of life Jesus I make you my Lord and my King thank you Jesus I accept you now as my Savior rule and reign in my heart thank you Jesus I now belong to you hallelujah amen and God has washed all of your sins away you are now a child of God so let's all take communion together today praise the Lord Heavenly Father we thank you for the bread we thank you for the juice we bless it we thank you that this is now the body the flesh and the blood of Jesus father we give you praise we give you praise father we thank you that as we receive the body of Jesus we step into that open door we thank you father we step out of any prison situations we step into the destiny that you have for us 
We thank you, Father God, for the moving of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit, the opportunities presented by the Spirit. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. We hold to your word. And we thank you, Father God, that we will not allow anything else to be on the throne of our heart except for you. And 100% compliance and obedience to your kingdom, to your kingdom way. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's partake of the body of Christ. You know what I see? I see you being that believer free in the Spirit, who's not afraid to lift her hands and praise God, to speak in other tongues, who's not afraid to pray for a sick person when somebody who is sick cries out and says, is there somebody that would pray for me and believe God that God would heal me? And you pray for them, unashamedly pray for them in the name of Jesus. Praise God. See, God's going to give you boldness. And even with your prosperity and even with the blessings that God is placing upon your life, I see you staying free in the spirit, not encumbered with the things of the world, but free in the spirit, not distracted by the things of the world but walking close with God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, washing away all of our sins, all of our failures, all of our mistakes. Thank you, Father God, for your grace and mercy. We ask you to forgive all of our sins, wash them all away, and cover them. Hallelujah. Let them be thrown into the very depths of the sea. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We receive complete forgiveness of all of our sins. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake of the blood of Christ. Praise God. Time's running short. The clock is ticking down. The end times are here. Thank you, Lord. God's hand upon your life, moving upon your life. Things are going to begin to change. More involvement in the kingdom. More involvement in what God is doing. Get ready because breakthrough revival is coming in a tremendous way. A breakthrough anointing. I've had encounters before with the, with the angel called breakthrough. And when that, those, those encounters take place, you go into a new level, a new level. Get ready for a major move of the spirit in your life, in your life, visions, supernatural encounters and power coming upon your life from the most high. All of your debts, I see, paid off, removed, freedom in the Holy Spirit. You praying for the sick. You praying blessing over people. You moving and flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. You speaking with new tongues. Praise be unto the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for kingdom living, kingdom culture, your way of doing things. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.